0: Hey everyone, it's George Crow. with another episode of the Innovators Mindset Podcast. I actually have today a special guest, Lauren Kaufman from uh, Long Island, New York. And if uh, you know anything about me, uh, I love Long Island because I'm a huge New York Islanders fan. And so I've always had this connection with people from Long Island because I grew up loving the Islanders, which is weird for my kid on the western side of Canada. But Lauren is someone um, I've connected with in probably the last year or so and have met a lot of great people through Lauren's connections, and I've actually met a lot of her teachers through uh, Lauren and doing some really great things. And so I just wanted to bring on Lauren today because I know she's doing some incredible stuff, a lot of really cool mentorship things that are happening in her district that I know she's leading. And so, Lauren, thank you so much for being here, and I got your name pronounced right as Lauren Kaufman uh, for people, and we talked about that before we went on. So, Lauren, can you just talk a little bit about – who you are and like kind of you know your your path in education for us to get started.
1: Sure. Thank you so much for having me here. It's a pleasure and an honor. And um, yeah, so my path in education. I didn't actually get into education right away. While I was in college, uh, I was actually in the cosmetic industry and when I decided that I wanted to get back into education because I wanted to feel Gratified. Um, I wanted to be a teaching assistant. So I was looking for a teaching assistant job in the district that I grew up in. And uh, Mrs. Sauder, <laughs> who hired me, uh, I'll never forget that because she gave me an opportunity, said absolutely. And the reason why I wanted to be a teaching assistant was that I wanted to be part of a culture and a community. And I wanted to learn from a really amazing educator. After about a year of being a teaching assistant, I decided I was ready to have my own classroom. And I literally applied to many, many schools um, in the New York City uh, DOE, Department of Education. And I landed my first job as a classroom teacher. So I taught second and fifth grade. And then I realized and discovered that I loved literacy. That was my passion. I loved teaching. Kids literacy, and I was looking for a reading specialist job. I decided that I really wanted to hone my craft, and I saw that Long Beach had an opening. That's where I grew up, and I became a reading specialist, and then there was an amazing opportunity to become an instructional coach within my district, and that's what I've been doing for the past five years. Most recently, um, I became the mentor coordinator for my school district. And I thought that that was an amazing opportunity because I've always had this dream of developing these really powerful professional learning communities within my school district. I am a lifelong learner. I love professional growth, and I'm always seeking it out. I never wait for it to come to me. So I have always had this dream of like cultivating the next generation of teacher leaders and creating this space. For teachers in my district to share and connect and collaborate. So as a matter of fact, uh, when I was interviewing for this role, I was looking for a book that would kind of fit my vision. And I stumbled upon your book, The Innovator's Mindset. And I actually brought it to my interview. I, of course, I read it first. And I had tabs in the whole book. And highlighting in the whole book and I uh, brought it to the interview and I literally said, this is what I'd like to do. This is my vision. These are, these are my goals. And I'd love to use this book as a foundation or a framework to drive this learning. And here we are today. Uh, the mentor program is something I absolutely adore. I love working with the new teachers and their mentors. And the amazing part about this program is we become so close and connected. All of these educators, and we lift each other up, we elevate each other, and you've been a, such a huge part, by the way. You've, you've been so kind from day one, uh, always willing to make a video for me uh, or share insight so that I can help uh, make impact on these teachers, and I am just so grateful, and so are they.
0: Yeah, and this is like one of the reasons we connected is because um, you had shared this with me and like I've been able to pop in and just see the incredible um, educators in your district and seeing, you know, I think newer teachers, but also very experienced teachers because they're like kind of paired up. Is that correct, Lauren? Like when they they go through that? And so um, I'm going to talk about, I want to ask you more about that um, connection because I think for me, one of the things why I, that I really appreciated that is because it's not your typical first days of school book, right? Like I think probably everyone that's in education read, you know, um, the first days of school and, and, but we're like, part of it is I want people to think different about their experience versus the experience we can create for our kids. But um, before we actually started recording, because I like to talk to my guests, um, you know, just for like probably about a half hour to an hour before we even record just to kind of get to know and hear a little bit about your story and try to weave it in. You told a really powerful story about how you got your first job and the connection. Can you share that, Lauren?
1: Absolutely. So like I said earlier, uh, I was a TA for a year, and um, I was ready to have my own classroom, and I applied to several schools. I might have sent out about 200 hard copy resumes. At that time, we didn't have digital portfolios or digital resumes, Mm -hmm. and I might have gotten three phone calls back. So when I walked into, I think it was my second interview, uh, the principal was really awesome, but she was hardcore. She was giving me really, really challenging questions, and they were coming at me left and right. And of course, I only had one years of experience of being a TA to help answer these questions. So a lot of it was like, this is what I would do, as opposed to now. It's like, this is what I'm living and this is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the interview, she said to me, she says, you know why you're here, Lauren, don't you? And I said, did you like my resume? She said, no. She says, I saw that you worked with my daughter in New York City when you were in cosmetics. And I already called my daughter, and she is the best reference there is because she will tell me the truth, and that's the reason you're here. She says, I see you have very little experience, but I know your work ethic based on what my daughter is saying. So she literally says to me, Lauren, she said, I really like you. I have 10 more or 20 more interviews to go, but when I call you at 7 o'clock tonight, will you accept the job? And of course, I felt I was overwhelmed i'm here here on'm this young new teacher, um, bright eyed and I said, "Of course, yes." and she did call me at seven o'clock that night, and I took the job and she gave me that opportunity. She was my foot in the door.
0: Well, I think that's that to me the reason that it stuck out is really the work that we do and you know just being human, right We never know the little moments that can actually make a big impact in our lives. Right. And uh, when we were talking before, and I've shared this quite often, a lot of people know this about me, uh, especially when all this like COVID stuff started happening, I, I, I brought back something that I used to share um, sporadically. Uh, it was called your daily awe, but I never really did it daily. And I know that it seems like a kind of a stretch to the, to the story and, and what you're talking about. But the reason that when you told me that story and I was really connected to it is you never know like, what thing you do can make a positive impact on the lives of others and can open up a door for you, right? And I have had so many messages about those little you know, funny or heartwarming stories that I share every day. And I think for me, I've dealt with a lot of like, I've had a lot of mental health struggles and sometimes I'll see something really positive and it totally makes my day. And too often, let's be honest, we don't actually acknowledge that we don't reach out to that person. But that's not a reason not to do it, right? Like you, you do it because it could help someone whether you know or not, right? And that's something for me. And so I just love that because knowing something that you had done years prior that actually hadn't do it education had made a positive connection that actually opened up a door for you, right? I think that's just really powerful.
1: Yeah, I I never thought that my cosmetic world and my education world would come together like that. And of course, when you're in the moment, you don't recognize these connections that you're making sometimes that will impact your future. So it is quite an amazing story.
0: Yeah. And I like, and yeah, it's just, it's amazing to see, um, that connection, you know, a lot of, a lot of people in education, including myself, you know, we didn't like as soon as we got out of school, went four years into, you know, education taught right away, but, you know, did different things and it makes really a positive impact on the lives of others. So many different paths to, um, you know, being a great educator. And when I'm watching some of the stuff that you're doing with the mentor program, like, can you tell us a little bit about, some of the things that you're doing with this group, kind of how, how long it lasts, and like what what is the benefit? You know, like I'm a new teacher. What's the, what's the benefit in that process?
1: Sure. So first of all, we meet probably about 14 times throughout the school year, but that's formally. Um, when the teachers are paired with their mentors, the new teachers, um, we're very, very careful to pair our new teachers with educators who uh, would fit with them, you know, who, who would work, but logistically too. We're not gonna pair a teacher who's in one building with a teacher in another building. That just doesn't work. Usually they're in the same type of um, area. So if it's a health and phys ed teacher, we would pair a teacher with another health and phys ed teacher. So first of all, we're looking for that connection. What would work? Um, These are educators. And of course, we have a lot of people who apply for this job who are great educators, but sometimes for the pool of new teachers we have, it's not always the fit for that year, but it could be for the following year. So we're making sure that they have to log uh, about 60 hours of time together. So that connection has to be strong. The teachers, uh, the mentors that we hire, they have to have the highest level of professionalism And they have to be teachers who stay on the cutting edge of best practice, who understand that professional learning is constant and continuous. And um, those are the types of people we look for. We want to elevate these new teachers and set up this framework for them to be successful for many, many years to come. And then the cycle continues, right? So you have these new teachers who are now very strong. In teaching and learning practices, and then they can pay it forward. And when other new teachers come in, they can mentor them. So the cycle continues. So when I have these mentor meetings, it's really, really important to me to always model what I'd want to see a teacher or an educator doing in the classroom, in their school culture, and within their school community. So I always usually bring a skill or a strategy that they can use in the classroom. So I'm always modeling that. We always open up a mentor meeting with celebrating teacher leaders. Um, In the beginning of the program, I created a hashtag. uh, It's called LB leads and that hashtag is used so we can follow the journey of the mentor program and see all the amazing things that the teachers are doing in my school district. And I really, really, drove home in the beginning even before we got to the part in your book about being connected and networked um how important it was to be a connected educator and that how isolation is a choice in education right now Mm -hmm. and you have to go beyond your district or your building walls you can go beyond and you have access to so many amazing educators and resources so from the beginning. I really like to talk a lot about the power of Twitter, and I would have to say that almost all of the teachers right now are on Twitter, even the ones that were a little bit more hesitant and even some of the ones who might not be active on it they're looking on it now uh, so we will do things in the moment like we will tweet our learning from the day. I know that you've seen that, um, especially if we're doing a book club session they're not mm-hmm. all book club sessions but I'll say, you know, share your learning with George, you know, and use the hashtag um, Innovators Mindset and LB Leads and share your learning today so that other educators can see what we're learning and then you're spreading that to other educational communities. So that's a big foundation of this. But what I also like to do in the mentor program is I love to invite the talent that we have that exists um, within our school district. So... Um, I'm very, very big on distributed leadership. I know that there are certain um, teacher leaders or administrators who are awesome at, like, talking about SEL or awesome about talking about equity. So I try to get in um, various people around my district to try to showcase the talent, but also um, it's it's a way for the new teachers and their mentors to meet other people within our school community. So those are just some of the things that we do. Um, And then I was very, very concerned, of course, when we went into this remote learning Mm -hmm. environment about what was going to happen with these connections with the new teachers and their mentors. So right away, actually those first two weeks, um, you know, after March 13th, I had started a Voxer group. Uh, about the innovators mindset and we kept connected that way and it was completely voluntary. Um, And it just so happened that during that time it was like, we went from this COVID-19 emergency learning, Mm -hmm. to all of a sudden we were like full blown distance learning. So it was a lot for the teachers. um, And then we decided that we were going to do virtual mentor meetings. So, um, It's been a great way to keep connected throughout the process and make sure that these new teachers just constantly feel supported. One of the big things about this program is that I have seen not only the new teachers grow, both personally and professionally, but they are teaching their mentors, teachers who've been around for quite some time. I would call them seasoned teachers. So I love that they're learning from one another, and that their energy and their passion for it is just really, really spreading. And um, it's just been a joy to see. Uh, This program is very, very close to my heart. And when I look at these teachers and I see them on Twitter, they're now presenting at conferences, and they're sharing the learning that they're doing in their classrooms. Uh, Nothing makes me happier.
0: Yeah, and one of the things that I actually remember from the conversation that we're having was one of your mentor teachers talking about the impact that the mentees had, right? And I think that's actually really crucial to a good mentorship program is that people realize that I actually have some wisdom and experience I could share with you that will help you, but you're also probably bringing ideas that I have never considered that could actually make me better through that process. And one of the things that you shared and I thought was something that I really believe in and it 's actually kind of uh, people are kind of shocked when I talk about this because i'm i 'm someone that 's brought in to districts i 'm someone that you know people look to um, get new ideas and things like that, but i 'm also this huge advocate of developing the leadership within your own district right I think that when you when you count on outside people too much and you don 't actually build leadership you there's a there's a massive knowing gap like I always say. The idea, like, you can't be a world-class education unless you look at what the rest of the world's doing, right? Like, you have to connect this. But on the other hand, if you're only building in leadership within your own district and you don't look outside at all, then you just tend to replicate, you know, the systems and all the things that you do in your district. And so you got to kind of always play around with that balance of like, how do we bring in different perspectives? And they're not here to, you know, change everything that we do, but we just need, you know, different ideas, but also ensuring that we're developing that leadership through the process. And one of the things that I really appreciate about you, Lauren, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, I actually challenged you because you're getting people to push their learning and I'm like, hey, well, you got to do some stuff here too. Because, you know, like a lot of people will say like, well, I'm on Twitter now. And then that's like a step they took. And then they just like, are they're not changing anymore. Right? And they kind of stick there. I'm not saying that's what you're doing. But I'm like, hey, well, here's something new you try. And I actually push you to do um, your own portfolios or blogging. And so that process, I know that has inspired probably some of your teachers. Because I know some of them have connected with me talking about your longer form thoughts and you sharing and so just kind of like going through blogging I know you've shared a few posts how's that how's that going so far and what are you seeing as a benefit um, for yourself
1: well first of all I want to thank you for busting my chops a little (laughs) bit about that
0: you're really Uh, on me about that. I tend to do that. I tend to do that. But
1: what you might not know, George, is that I actually had that blog in the works for a little while, but I was playing around with WordPress because when I presented my first blog, I wanted it to look decent on the WordPress. Mm -hmm. And it was really difficult in the beginning for me to navigate WordPress. I was doing a lot of troubleshooting. And then when I saw that you came out with that digital portfolio course, I was like, oh my goodness, this is perfect. But I think I actually pushed out that first blog before, yep, before. I signed up for the yep. digital, um, digital course. I think the experience itself was unbelievable. I think I'm becoming more reflective. Um, I'm becoming a better writer because of it. I'm becoming a better educator. I'm getting to share my voice with others um I've been contacted by so many different educators around the world just based on the stories I'm telling and you know something that really resonated with me throughout your course which by the way is completely amazing and while I was taking the course I was impulsively messaging you like oh my goodness I can't believe what my website is looking like now it's where were you this whole time um But what I love about it is that you got me to think about this. I used to think, why would people want to hear what I have to say? It's kind of been there or done that. But you're saying, you know what, just be you. Be passionate. Don't write a blog for other people. Write it for yourself and your own learning. And that really resonated with me. And it gave me confidence because once I did push out that first blog post, and I saw how many people it did resonate with, Uh, I felt really, really good about that. And you know what, there's probably people that it didn't resonate with. And that's okay, too, because it's my story. And it's my journey. Um, But what an incredible way to kind of document your learning journey and to highlight and showcase the amazing work that, you know, what's going on in my district, as well as my learning, and what I'm doing over time. So I'm just so grateful for that. And I've been writing um, continuously. And as a matter of fact, a big part of my PLN now, I'm in this group called Blogging Through It. We're all holding oh, each awesome. other accountable. Yes, yes. Um, I, I love my PLN. I have to give a shout out to my PLN, like Read to Lead and Egg Camp Long Island. Uh, such great people in, in those groups. And we've been holding each other accountable to blog. And it's been wonderful because I get to learn more about the people in my PLN and then new people are coming into my PLN because of it. They're seeing these blog posts and they're saying, hey, I'd like to do that too. So um, what a wonderful opportunity it's created for my professional learning network. And also, just for myself, for my own learning, it's been a tremendous experience, and one I'll always be grateful to you for, George. And I'll never forget. So.
0: Well, I think I think for me, one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about it is because I benefit from your knowledge, right? And and it goes beyond what you could say in a tweet. It's something like, and it actually, when you have to go through that process, it really makes you think. But people get so caught up with the well. Like, you have this many followers and blah, blah, blah. Everyone has zero followers to start. Like, that's that's a reality, right? Like, and if I was to interview any, edu- like, a lot of people say this to me, and it, it drives me crazy, right? Well, what do I have to share? Like, what good do I have? And I'm like, okay, so let's let's just step back. So you're in an interview for your dream job, and I say, okay, what's something really good about your teaching? You would say, well, what do I have to share? You, you would start sharing ideas and going through that. But now like it almost seems like an excuse not to put your ideas out there, not to share. Because if you were put like, you know, I'm sure in the, you know, at the beginning in your first interview that you mentioned earlier, you know, you're brand new, never taught a class before. And I'm sure you already brought value because they would have hired you in the first place. And really that just kind of sharing your learning. And that's something for me, I don't try to be I've never tried to be an authority on things. I just share my learning. And um, anyone, if you've ever seen the obvious to you, amazing to others, I don't know if you got to that video yet, Lauren. Yes, it was I really. Love that. It's, it's a really powerful thing because things that are second nature to you, um, you know, are totally mind blowing. And I'm sure, like through that mentorship program, even your mentors are probably sharing that too, right? Like they're they're probably doing stuff that to the new teachers is. Is absolutely incredible. And so like I I want to thank you for putting yourself out there because I know it's not only helping me, but it's helping all these other educators, you know, through the process. And while you're, you know, while we're sharing, and and to full disclosure, this is Lauren's first time ever being on a podcast, right? And yes, I'm like,
1: yes. <laughs>
0: and I was like, she's like, I've never been on a podcast before. I'm like, well, it's talking, but we record it. And that's like the the big difference, right? Because you no, know, we didn't really have a – we don't obviously have a script or anything like that, just yeah. kind of conversational. Um, but, Lauren, I, I've seen some really great stuff coming out of your district right now um, go, while we're going through this time, um, and they're excelling. So, like, what are some of the things that you've been doing, uh, you or your district, um, maybe through the mentorship program, that really helped educators um, to to kind of navigate what's going on right now?
1: Well, I really um... – I have to commend all of the amazing educators in my district from central office, uh, to, you know, directors, coordinators, administration at all levels, educators, teaching assistants, the, 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 all the support staff, um, you know, the, uh, the teacher aides and also the cafeteria workers, the people who've been making the food for kids who, who need it. Um, because out of, This whole time, you know, we're really seeing that digital divide, those inequities come out. Mm -hmm. Um, If there's any time this has happened, it's now. So I have to just commend everybody at every level of the organization within not only my school district, but districts all around the island and all over the country. I'm just seeing some amazing work happening. I think it's just been an all hands on deck. Approach. Um, everybody has stepped up in such amazing ways because, at the end of the day, we're all here for kids. You know, children are the heart of all de- decision making. Um, anytime we do anything in education, we always should put the learner at the center and at the core. And I could say that during this time, as we've made that shift, um, it's been really, really powerful. Uh, from my lens, which I could speak to you know, in more detail, because I'm living it right now. Um, You know, we, my team happens to work my instructional coaching team really closely with our assistant superintendent for curriculum instruction. And when he had reached out to us, uh, right when this all happened that day on March 13th, where everything kind of just, you know, shifted right then and there, uh, we put at home learning plans together with groups of teachers from around the district. And that was an experience I will never, ever forget because we were truly a collaborative team. It's like we didn't even have to talk to each other that day. We were, as we were getting everything together, it's like we were reading each other's minds and just saying, I got this, I'll do that. And we really came together as a team in the administration building that day. And um, it was beautiful because it was all about kids. And I remember just hearing conversations from teachers in the room, well, what would benefit the children? Will they learn from this? Um, Because you can give them worksheets all day, but, you know, I'm not a big fan of worksheets at all, but, you know, are they learning?
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: every decision that was made, you know, launching into this emergency remote learning situation was intentional and purposeful. Then as we moved into remote learning, My team and I, um, my instructional coach team and I, who happen to be really close, we have such an amazing relationship and such a big bond, we said, oh, my goodness, we need to roll up our sleeves immediately, and we need to learn a bunch of digital platforms, and we need to learn them now so that we can help teachers help their students. So that's what we did, um, you know, during the next couple of weeks into that next phase we all picked a digital platform we got really good at it um i know i myself i love google and i studied for a week and i became google certified in that week just so i can feel more comfortable helping those teachers i wanted to kind of be ahead of the curve so that's what we did um my team offers coaches office hours every week uh with a different focus uh one of, one of the coaches that I work with actually attended a teacher's college institute on remote learning. She turned key to us. We've used a lot of that information in our sessions, so, uh, we, and we also feature teachers in those coaches' our sessions because they're on the front lines. They're the ones seeing what works, what doesn't work, and it's important to highlight and elevate those teachers who are doing the work and who can share best practice. And like I said earlier, if teachers have requests and they want to learn a little bit more about a specific area, whether it's reading or writing workshops or passion projects, um, we know who to reach to or we'll put it out there to the teachers um, who would like to share their practices. We have them come. We have them share. And we're better together. And out of this whole experience, I would say what's the most fascinating to me is that We have teachers collaborating from building to building. Sometimes you're isolated in one building, and um, when you're doing things in traditional ways, like trying to get a grade level together across the district, um, you know, there's a lot of moving parts to that, you know, logistically getting subs, this, that. Now we don't have to do that. We can hop on a Zoom call and share best practices and ideas, and it's been really, really powerful. And these teachers who have never known each other or have maybe seen each other in a meeting or two over the last few years are now uh, becoming really connected and really networked and the sharing of ideas has been incredible.
0: And the, the the just and I'm sure, you know, a lot of incredible things. I'm sure like it's not like, hey, everything's easy and support, right? Like it's a total process. But one of the things I really appreciate, and this is something I need to work on more. Um, is really, like, we're talking how incredible our, our educators are, but you shared about, you know, your cafeteria staff, right? You know, like our custodial staff, there's so many people doing incredible things right now that are not getting any attention, or I shouldn't say any, but not near enough to what they deserve. But one of the things I've always said, and is becoming very obvious in how the mentality of how we're dealing with this, is that no matter your role in education, your first job is to serve kids and everything else is secondary and every single element, every facet of our organization, you're seeing that over and over again. And so it's really great. And I appreciate you acknowledging that. Um, As, as we go into the end of the podcast here, Lauren, I've asked the same question of everyone that's been on uh, during this time. And I started this interview series, you know, kind of just to bring on um, different voices to share, you know, different strategies of what's going on. So like really shortly, what is like the one best piece of advice you give to um, any educator right now?
1: I think if I had any advice, it would be, first of all, to take care of yourself. This is hard work. Um, It's emotional. It's draining at times. But it's incredibly rewarding. So please take care of yourself. And never forget – you know, you're, you're wonderful for what you're doing right now and continue these connections that you've built during this time. Um, I, I think that is so important that if when we move back into a more traditional environment again, that we remain connected and we don't forget uh, what brought us together like this. Um, I know it's easy to forget sometimes, but... Um, sharing together, collaborating, continuing to develop our professional learning community, elevating each other. Um, We have to continue to see the good in everyone because we're here for kids. And um, that would be my advice to everyone.
0: Yeah, I, I really hope that people listen to that in education because we're in such a profession that is willing, we will give up so much of ourselves and lose ourselves trying to help other people. But if you really want to be effective doing that, you do have to take care of yourself, right? And, you know, find those moments of joy in the day. Find those times to laugh, not only with your students, but with your colleagues. And so I think that's really crucial to everything that we're doing right now because this is really hard. Like, it's, like I I guess I caught myself there because this is really hard work, what's happening right now. But there's never a time where it's like, oh, this is super easy, right? Like, it's always been tough. In education, and so Lauren, I was really I appreciate you taking the time um, to join me today. One of the things that reasons why I wanted to um, to have a conversation with you is is because of the mentorship program. Because I think that you're you're doing an amazing job helping teachers think different about how they teach, and not only the the men the mentees with the mentors, but one of the things that you're doing and I know, I don't know if it's intentional or not, you're developing leaders. Like you're developing, and like you mentioned it, you know, how those, the, the new mentee teachers are helping other people. And and really that's, that's what great leaders do is they don't develop followers, they develop leaders. And I don't know who originally said that, but when I was listening to you, that's what I was thinking. So Lauren, um, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for all you do. And anyone listening, uh, make sure you connect with Lauren. I'll share her um, her Twitter account um, in the in the the details so lauren thanks again for joining
1: thank you so much for having me george
0: all right you're awesome i hope you have a wonderful day
1: mirror, mirror, bye everybody
0: tell me mirror, what is wrong can it be my daylight clothes or is it just my daylight song what i do ain't make believe people say i sit and try but when it comes to being daylight it's just me myself